from a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Later on this hour, we'll be taking you over to Jukebox Republic, hosted by Shirley Lin. But first up, as always, we kick off the week with a brand new edition of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're joining us on our Facebook live stream, today is Friday, October 23rd. Otherwise, if you're joining us on the airwaves, it's Monday, October 26th. I'm John Van Trieste, and here with me in the studio today is Shirley Lin. Hello there. Up next, we'll be telling you about how the war of words between the southern cities of Tainan and Kaohsiung over who has the best braised pork is heating up even further. Then we'll be telling you the story of a resourceful food delivery driver who got creative when he was unable to find the customer waiting for him. And a bizarre but eco-friendly new use for oyster shells. All that coming up next. Please stick around. by now our faithful listeners will know all about this story but just to fill uh those who are just joining us for the first time in uh i guess we should tell us our listeners about a bit about the background of this rivalry over braised pork uh it's a very fatty and very filling but also very delicious dish common in uh taiwan and recently the mayors of Kaohsiung and tainan two neighboring cities in the south of taiwan were at it online <laughs> each claiming to have the better version of this dish uh, even the commissioner of a nearby county got in the fray, so it was a three-way fight for a while. Oh, really? Now they're back at it. <laughs> um, and this is after Kaohsiung's tourism bureau chief announced at a meeting of the city council on Wednesday that the city's going to have a contest to find the best bowl of this dish, this minced pork okay. over rice. And uh, they say, oh, it's meant to attract attention and bring visitors over the coming months because it's going to happen probably not for a little while. Applications will be open until November 1st. So we've got a little bit of time to get it in there. And then the mayor of Tainan got wind of this and said they stole the idea of having a contest. (laughs) That Tainan had thought of it first and that details of their idea had been leaked. And so Kaohsiung decided to to jump the gun and and do it at first. Right. (laughs) So now they're arguing about who had the idea for a contest to determine the winner of uh, the best that, pork. That's they're, such a trivial argument there. I don't know. <laughs> who had it first? I think they just uh, like their like attention, I guess. I don't know. Right. Um, or enjoy on, bickering online, which uh-huh. some people do. Um, um, I think the big key difference here from what I understand from this article seems to be that the Kaohsiung edition will mostly focus on, it looks like local people. They're going to have two divisions, food vendors, like professionals mm-hmm. who work at like night. It's usually like sort of night market or you yeah. wouldn't go to a fancy restaurant to eat this. It's definitely a sort of almost not quite street food, but uh, no. soul food, right. Taiwanese comfort food. And the other one is home cooks. So amateurs, I guess. And oh. uh, it's open to businesses and local residents. The Tainan edition though, I think they're really trying to prove that they have the best because (laughs) they're actually saying, okay, Kaohsiung residents, if you're 
braised pork is so good. You come here and prove it. They're oh, inviting people to, from the whole region to come. To go to Thailand. And yeah. I hope it's a blind thing because otherwise be. the local people are going to win if they know where they're from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's not sure. It's not yet clear. Uh, they haven't even announced that they're doing it yet. They say that it was leaked. So that's yeah. Tainan. And the Kaohsiung one, well, applications uh, close on November 1st. An expert panel will decide the winners at the end of November. Uh, no other details are available for that either. So, but November 1st? I oh, think, well, that's that's pretty soon. Yeah, but by the end of November is when they're going to announce their oh, winner. Okay, so okay. I think we can expect to hear more of this food fight. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wish my friend's wife was still here because I think she has the best recipe for this dish. Really? Very fatty, though. Probably the most yeah, no, fatty. Yeah, no, I, I avoid <laughs> But that's it. what makes it yummy. I can't. It's the fatty that, you know, yeah, um, the fatty part of pork that makes it real it's yummy. pork belly, isn't it? Uh, oh, yeah, well, okay, pork belly. Is that, yeah. is that what it's made from? I, I think so. I'm no the, expert the, on this. Yeah, the pork it's, belly it's, part. It's sort of braised very, in this very rich sauce. That's why it's so greasy, yeah. It's braised in a very, it's like, top, very finely braised in a very rich sauce and served over oh, rice. Yum. Um, so. Yeah, uh, but I, I think it goes uh, to show just how seriously people, especially from the south of Taiwan, take their food. Well, delivery scooters, specifically food delivery scooters, seem to just be springing up everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. And I think especially since the pandemic started, a, a lot of people decided to eat at home more often. And so they're, right. they're all, even in very remote areas and very small back alley uh, places too, you'll find them usually yeah. speeding to try and people make their... People are just their, lazy. Make, well, no, because they have, a, they have to deliver within so long. Well, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, customers are lazy. So That's what, right. um, but you know what? Food delivery is now crossing into sending grocery, oh, delivering wow. grocery yeah, to you. Yeah, I have seen that. The problem is that the maps that they use yeah. aren't always the most reliable. No, unless like they you can have, be kind of yeah. way off where they actually are. Unless you, you live on some kind of little alley or something like that. Well, this was not actually, you know, he wasn't looking for a place in an alley, tucked away alley mm. or anything like that. It was a school because oh. it was a student that ordered is that allowed? the food. Um, yeah, well, I mean, the delivery man would can only deliver up to the school gate, and then, but the student didn't show up. Okay, oh. so it looks like this delivery man, he's he he probably encountered a similar kind of situation before mm -hmm. because he's totally equipped. He had a megaphone with him. A megaphone. A megaphone, and wow. I'm going to show a picture. Well, that I'm sorry, really I can't annoying. get too close. <laughs> I'm going to try my very best here. Yeah. So, um, see, he's totally equipped with a megaphone. And he was shouting something like, you know, someone recorded this. Um, he was basically saying like, you know, um, hello, a student by the name of Liu, because I guess the student only gave his last mm. name. You know, if uh, you delivered, uh, if you had, you know, call for delivery, um, the food is here. You know, um, I tried calling you. You weren't picking up. And so... <laughs> why not? Why not approach the school like they only have like a guard? They usually have a security office out yeah, front. Yeah, but they won't let booth. the. But they well, won't. Like well, they can oh, have an announcement. They announcement. They've got like a microphone. But what, you know what? what? A student named whatever. The, but the thing is that the student only had. Oh well, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're not allowed to make announcements like this because it's nothing school related. It's a personal thing. You know, you order the food. Yeah, but okay, you get so, a bad review or get in trouble with the company if you're missing the deadline because they said they tell you, you know, what time they're going to show up. Here's the thing. So all the social medias, you know, after they saw a media user, after they saw this, um, they were saying that, ooh, he's probably going to, this delivery man's probably going to get a bad rating from the student yeah. because 
because it embarrassed him. Well, and not just that. Oftentimes, my experience with food delivery drivers is that they're not just carrying your order. There are other people down the road waiting for their food exactly. too, and they sort of use their algorithm or whatever to route them. Yeah, they understand. If, under so if much one person in the chain is and slow in picking it up, everyone else afterwards, and so that could mean a whole string of bad reviews. I know, really. I know. Yeah, but then there were other social media users saying that. Hey, you know this guy wants to make sure that the student gets the food, so he's all he he just you know wants to get the food to the student, so he's trying his best. Wow! And you know we should give him the applause. <laughs> I I I do. I I I I sympathize with this delivery man. I do too. You know. However, um, I think that there too many people have megaphones in Taiwan. <laughs> That's just、yeah? my take on it. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have, we have. Oh、um, yeah, right. Our like neighborhood chief,、yes. they make these announcements. You、yes. could hardly hear them. Not even one、It's、word. It's worse than on the subways in like New York or somewhere. <laughs> the speakers are broken, and they shout, and、yeah. it echoes, and it's really annoying. And it's usually about something that has nothing to do with most of the people who live there. They're like, yeah. Oh, there will be an activity from whatever. It's like. Put put that on a bulletin board or something. You don't need to be shouting all over the neighborhood for it. And not just that,、yeah. but they ho- they put them on top of trucks to sell stuff too, and、uh-huh. they drive around, and it's all kinds of racket. <laughs> so, I well, think anyway, maybe they should make a rule that only delivery drivers can have megaphones. Maybe because they really need it. Yeah. Fun fact. Well, kind of fun, I guess. Depends on your definition.、Uh, Taiwan discards about one hundred and sixty-nine thousand tons of oyster shells per year. Yeah. And a lot of that ends up、uh, in animal feed, which sounds not very.、Uh, hmm. <laughs> that doesn't sound like very nutritious animal feed to me. Calcium. Oh, you、maybe? know what? Yeah, calcium. Forty-two percent. Yeah. Twenty-one percent ends up in fertilizer. Eleven percent for seed cultivation, but a whole bunch of it just is left to pile up on the ocean floor, which、oh, yeah. is not probably too great.、Mm-mm. Um, and so、uh, our it looks like、uh, Fisheries Research Institute, which I'm just I didn't know we had one. We have Fisheries Research Institute. Everyone,、mm. they've、uh, invented something that you can do with these oyster shells, and that is generate enough heat to cook those ready-to-eat meals, like、yeah. army rations, basically. Yeah, they so they put this you know these um, ground-up um, oyster shells and put it into like a heat pack. So once you open a heat pack, it starts, you know,、um, it starts creating heat. Right. Enough to really heat up、um, a, a prepackaged, you know, kind of ready-to-eat meal. Yes, in six to seven minutes, a packet、yeah. can, equipped with this these oyster shell bits can heat water up to ninety degrees Celsius,、oh, almost、yes. to boiling. Well, and, the water to ninety degrees, the food itself to fifty degrees. They, they, have, if you put it in one of those things that they gave to, I guess, a special forces soldiers in the field, a hole in the middle, yeah,、um, the steam. Or I guess campers might have this too.、Mm-hmm. They kind of use the heated water to heat up the food in another tray on top. Uh, that can be heated up to fifty degrees for twenty minutes, and it's all yeah, natural,、minutes. not like the other chemical-based、right. heaters they use. The reaction、uh, in, uses the calcium carbonate in the shells, and it turns it into calcium oxide when it contacts、yeah. with the water, and that emits heat. Yeah, 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 yeah. It contacts、um, with water. Yeah, that's and it. And so that's something you can do with oyster shells. Yeah,、um, I mean, this is going to be very safe for elderly people who live alone. Yeah, but it's flameless. No flame. Very safe to heat up their food. And you're not going to get a like a chemical burner. Who knows what they do? No, I think they 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 guarantee it's really safe. The best thing of all, though, is that.、Uh, 
production costs could fall by 20%. It's cheaper to make them with oyster shells. I mean, they're just hanging around. Yeah. No one's doing much with them. I guess maybe making driveways or something out of them. <laughs> um, and uh, they also expect that it, they c it can bring in, well, this isn't a very impressive number, actually, uh, close to 400,000 US dollars per year, which right. I think in industrial terms, probably you would want millions or billions, but you know, that's... Yeah, it's a start. It's a respectable amount, I suppose. Mm. Um, yeah, that's uh, you can cook seafood in it. They may developed because they are the Fisheries Research Institute, after all. They want to sell as much marine-related stuff <laughs> as possible. Of course, they're, they developed a mixed seafood packet you can cook in there. Yeah. Um, and it. I'm not sure if they're on sale, but they're applying for a patent for this stuff. So mm -hmm. you should be able to buy it. Right. At a heating pad store near you soon. Right. And like for those hikers, you know? True. You know, you no can forest just, fires. And yeah, you, you're not just living to certain kind of food that you can eat when you're up in the mountains. It's not just instant you can noodles have anymore. too now. <laughs> I don't know if you would be able to keep seafood fresh in the mountains. That's another issue. Well, I mean, a separate... it's a prepackaged, I mean, ready-to-eat meal. Oh, I guess, oh right, 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 right. I guess, you know, yeah, you'll probably bring a little... It's, kind of like colon, cooling kit. It's probably like freeze-dried or something. Yeah, so, but anyway. Okay. Cool, huh? Something to do with oyster shells. Yeah. Okay, uh, some rather worrying news now from the cyber world. This is a report about the rise of cyberbullying among kids in Taiwan. Um, a survey done by the Child Welfare League and Foundation, and they seem to have done previous surveys, has found that the rate of cyberbullying, or at least self-reported, either mm. being a victim or admitting to being the bully, or sometimes both, has jumped... Uh, has doubled since 2016. Doubled? Since 2016 in the past four years. Oh, my goodness. And uh, and this is especially timely now because earlier in the year, just a few months ago, the education ministry amended rules that include online harassment in their definition, I guess, of, of bullying and the regulations about what that constitutes. Um, and, yeah, so here's what they found for this year. Uh, around 10.7% uh, said that they were the bullies. 18.1% said they had been bullied, and 18.2% said both. Oh. They're, they, oh. I guess it's anonymous, so. Okay. Well, so this is also, we should point out, um, it says at the bottom here that uh, this was uh, conducted, they got about 1,500 samples from kids of a very broad age range, from middle school to high school and vocational school. So mm -hmm. I think what constitutes bullying is, you know. Dif yeah, different sure. by age group and severity. Right. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, four years ago, uh, that was 22.2% of students said that they'd been involved in some way. This year, when we total all the numbers I just read up, it's 47%. So like I said, more than doubled. Um, and they have quite a, a lot of kids seem to have, or at least around a fifth of the respondents, have quite a cavalier attitude about it. They say that that's just part of growing up. Oh, which is a sad commentary on the state of growing up these days. But uh, yeah, that's uh, the attitude that they have. Makes you stronger when you become an adult, I guess. I or gives you lo lots of therapy bills. I don't know either way. Right. If it's the other way around. Yeah. Um, so the other direction. Uh, what, okay. So uh, cyberbullying, a very broad, vague term. What does that mean? Uh, they've broken it down a bit here. Um, it says that the most common form of online harassment was uh, involved in playing sm while playing smartphone or computer games. 94% of 
of the people who said that they'd been involved said that's when it happened. I don't know if that means means like you know the uh, some of them you can message each other. Some of some of the oh. some video games they have like a live chat function. Maybe when you're in the middle mean. of a game, do you have time to? People really? do. Really? People do. Yeah, we watch YouTube videos thought... of of live streamers' games. Yeah, they're going a mile a minute. Yeah, um, they've got I, headsets too, like the serious serious gamers. Amazing. They even have the, the headsets with a little mic in them. Yeah, yeah. Sixty one percent said their private information had been shared publicly without their consent. Oh, I can see that. Um, I'm not sure what sensitive information you have, like who you have photos. a cru- in middle school, like, who you have a crush on. Like I, I don't think know. It'd be mostly photos. I think. Um, I who's, who's dating who? You know, gossip. Um, mm. uh, also, around 50% said they had received. This is probably more serious. Uh, malicious, hostile, or offensive private messages. Um, Just meant to really hurt you. Yeah. Like, destroy you, kind of thing. Um, fortunately, it stops for most people because they said, "How does it affect you?" That was the next question. It stops with them feeling depressed, about 31%. Uh, 24% they said they feel anxious about interacting with other people after that. Mm. Uh, 12.4% said sleeping problems. Mm. Uh, 10% stopped using social media. The m- more concerning edge of this, uh, we get to 7.9% said they had self-harmed and 7.6% had suicidal thoughts. So th- oh, this, no. sev- the most severe impact uh, is fortunately limited, but still 7% is 7% too much, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, what, the other interesting finding of this survey is who kids trust to talk about these things to. The answer is not their parents not necessarily. Not their parents. Or teachers. Oh, okay. So. Um, 62.8% said they would try and solve bullying issues on their own. And uh, close to that number, uh, almost exactly that number actually, said that they would talk with a classmate or a friend, someone they feel they can confide in, a close right. person. Much fewer, 28% said they'd tell parents, 13.6% said they would discuss it with an internet friend, which I don't know if internet friends are really... Yeah. I guess there is an anonymity where you can be honest about how you feel without feeling judged because you don't even know. But also it's a bit... Probably not. Don't want to be divulging things to people you don't know online. True. Um, And then only 13.5%, the smallest number, would tell a teacher. Um, Like I said, junior, senior, and vocational high school students were all involved in this. Um, they don't have any specific stories to tell about this because, you know, some, they don't want but, to yeah, tell. Kids, kids, kids are mean. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But it's good that um, they've amended these regulations to crack down on it, though. Hopefully four years from now when they do this survey again, we'll see that it's, it's you know, dropped. Yeah. All right, we're going to tell you about some good news from Taiwan now. Uh, brand new and pretty, pretty uh, amazing Taiwanese invention that is going to hopefully help reduce the incidence of undetected cancer. Yes, we're talking about a new device that can detect ten different kinds of cancers, and uh, it's the National Synchrotron Radiation Research Center. They unveil this infrared imaging system mm. that can efficiently detect 10 types of cancer, which include colon, breast, stomach, oral, ovarian, cervical, prostate, and skin cancer. These are all deadly, yes. It's yeah. Definitely... Oh, and tumors, too. And tumors as well. Yeah. Is this invasive? Do they need to like probe you to determine um, it? Or? No, it uses paraffin and beeswax with organic solutions for its infrared imaging. It's an imaging device. So from the outside? So I guess yeah, so it just takes pictures. Um, they can detect in 6 to 15 minutes 
while the wax is absorbed by healthy cells. Anyway, I, I'm not going to get into technical stuff. I hope this ends the need for like colonoscopies and stuff like that. Oh, I know. Oh, you don't like that, right? Have you done I've never had. I've never had one, but I've heard very bad things about them. Wait a minute. I'm, oh, I'm, oh, oh no, I haven't done that. I've done the endoscopy. One down the throat. Uh, yeah, that's an endoscopy. I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. Any oscopies generally, <laughs> hopefully this machine will remove or lessen the need for these things. I know. Well, in addition to detecting cancer cells, the imaging system can detect precancerous lesions on cells. So early detection, which is yeah. the key, really. Yeah, I know. Say. The earlier you defined. That is amazing. And the team has also developed a software called iPathod. Wait, I pathologist. Say that five times fast. <laughs> no, don't <laughs> challenge me. And which can analyze the scanned tissues and help surgeons prescribe timely treatment for patients. Right. They've done a lot of stuff, man. You know, and the thing is that uh, the system is more efficient than other cancer screening techniques, which actually probably take like hours or even days to um you know to produce a result right and and uh, sometimes even they might produce pseudo positive or pseudo negative results oh, false, those other techniques false results. yeah false alarms and yeah and probably you need would need to get i mean does this require tissue samples it sounds like they're just like pulsating infrared in that yeah for infrared it's so totally just infrared. much less uh isn't it amazing this is so advanced it's bad enough to like you yeah know. so this imaging device and the software were uh, was developed for about Seven thousand U.S. dollars. What? That's yeah. ridiculously that, 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 inexpensive for a, such a major medical breakthrough. Yeah, totally, totally. So the system was actually developed from two thousand nine to two thousand thirteen. Okay, so it took time. It took time. But the, in terms of cost, I mean, how much do you think it takes to develop, for instance, right, a new or drug already, or something oh, like okay. that? It's, yeah. And then with clinical tests conducted in the following years, so all these years, mm -hmm. you know, up till now, they've been doing clinical tests. And the team transferred the technology to a local company on a non-exclusive basis in 2017. Non-exclusive. So does that mean that other companies that can, can make it... Eventually, They bring probably, down the price? Probably. I mean... And the system is being tested by the company before commercialization. Right, right. So that's in the process. Now, the team's technique has obtained patents in Taiwan, Japan, the U.S., and the EU. They're covering their bases. Yeah. That's you good. Know? That's good. This is amazing. And um, the team is now working with Linko uh, Tangen Memorial Hospital mm -hmm. and Imperial College London to apply the system to the diagnosis and prognosis assessment of kidney diseases. They're, that's not that's, that's not covering everything. That's something else. <laughs> that's entirely. something else entirely. But so this sounds like the diagnostic machine. Yeah. This is and so advanced. This is I'm so proud of our team. That's, of that people, is quite something. And, it's, and well, apparently, if University College London's working with them, it's it uh, it oh, works. Yeah. It's got the approval of I mean, neither truly nor right. doctors, of course. <laughs> right. People who know what they're talking about think that this has potential. Yeah, this research center actually uh, has cooperated with uh, quite a few universities here in Taiwan, like the Kaohsiung Medical University, Zhonghe. Uh, Oh, no, so Zhongho Memorial Hospital, Xinzhu Makai Memorial Hospital, National Chenggong University College of Medicine, Qimei Hospital, and Linko Chang'e Memorial Hospital to conduct oh, clinical tests. Mm. Yeah, so when you get all these universities in there, you know that Man. it's it's trusting. You know, it's like it's good stuff. I hope <laughs> this team can do something about COVID. <laughs> that could be the next thing. That, yeah, okay? I mean, well, hopefully it doesn't take all that, that many years to... But usually we want something really, you know... Um, good and trusting and uh, right and it takes time it yeah takes time. it takes time so well there you go uh he made in taiwan right made in taiwan made in taiwan
Well, that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to everyone who joined us on our Facebook live stream and left comments. I'm John Van Trieste, and I'm Shirley Lin. If you're joining us on the radio, stay tuned because up next it's more of Shirley with Jukebox Republic. Bye. Welcome to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin at Radio Taiwan International. This will be the last episode about my seven-day trip around Taiwan that was not planned. Well, ahead of time, with it was with my daughter Clarita, uh, her in-laws, and their daughter. Well, I mean, the first uh, half of the trip, three days, we all went to Yilan. Um, my daughter had the whole week off, so she and her husband was there. My husband and I. Um, my daughter's in-laws and their daughter, so a total of seven people. But the rest of the trip, you know, it was just only five of us because my daughter and her husband had to go back to Taipei. So um, it really was just amazing how we planned the second half of the trip at the last moment. So after Ilan, we headed south to Hualien and spent two nights there. After a scrumptious five-dish, one-soup lunch set in Hualien, the five of us headed to Taitong. It really was quite an adventure, doing that. So here's a song, "Song of a Big Adventurer" by Sun Wenchen. <laughs>
Interesting. Sun Wenchen, the singer, he's an Aboriginal singer from of the、uh, Rukai tribe.、Um, yeah, that's a wonderful song. I love that. And he's a great singer. And、um, I haven't seen him much in public lately. Maybe he's like near retiring. He's sixty-five this year. Anyway, he's from Taitung, and that's exactly where I was. Well, last month, and、uh, it was my second time to Taitung on this trip. And nothing like a city there. If you want to get away from the city, that's where you go. Taitung, it's like、um, eastern Taiwan. So much green and mountains and the ocean. One of the best places for surfing competitions. In fact,、um, international surfing competitions. And、uh, people I know have bought places in Taitung. You know, in preparation of retirement.、Um, I interviewed someone before, and he has a place there. Um, I wonder when I get to visit. Anyway, the first thing we did was、um, we stopped at this famous place for steamed buns, and when we got there. I I I was going like, honey. I was telling my husband, Big John. I remember this place. Don't you remember this place? This is the place that the tour guide from the last time we went to Taiwan took us there too. It's like such a popular place, you know. But to be honest, I thought the bun itself was kind of average. Nothing great about it. You know how it is. Once someone says it's good and then shares it with their friends, and then they share with their friends, this, then this place becomes a hotspot. So, but we headed to a, a real popular place called San Xian Tai. It's a San Xian Tai bridge. It's got eight arches, and it goes over the ocean to get to a small uninhabited rock island. I think I actually didn't get over to the island.、Um, I well, I don't know. I didn't want to. It would have been too much of a hike, especially for my husband, Big John. So now eight is an auspicious number. You know, at first I was trying to count, and I thought, is it nine arches? I couldn't really tell. You know, I, I get mixed up. And then when I heard that it's eight arches, then I said, "Of course, because eight is an auspicious number for like prosperity." Fa, you know,、um, the number eight is ba, and fa that means you know prosper, you know get wealthy. So if translated word for word, the name would have been Bridge of Eight Fairies, Ba Xian, yeah,、um, San Xian Tai. Anyway, it was very sunny and hot, and I could feel the sun burning down on my the back of my neck, and.、Um, 
I, I couldn't believe how hot and sunny it was compared to northern Taipei. At the time, it was rainy and damp, you know. But anyway, we walked out on the rocky beach to get to the bridge, and we walked up to the first hump of the bridge and stayed there for a while. We took pictures, watched the water from the bridge. It was kind of windy and breezy up there. And good thing I walked over there because it was so hot on the beach, you know, on the rocky walk to the, the bridge. But uh, um, good that I got there. It was such a nice breeze. It felt so free and just wonderful. Just an incredible part of our adventurous trip. Another song about adventure. This time is by Sun Yang. The song is Mao Xian De. Translates into adventurous, adventuresome. <laughs> Yeah. 
在乎去冒险。So after the bridge, we headed for the B and B. It's a smaller place, but really well kept, and it's on the side of a street,、um, run by this young couple with no kids. And we asked them for a recommendation for a good restaurant for dinner that night.、Um, Taiwan was nothing like Taipei, but very interesting.、Um, we went along in our car and SUV, and there were so many pharmacies around. Because we were going to, you know, going to a pharmacy, and we found like three or four around the same corner of the street. Anyway, I, we wonder why, you know. Anyway, the restaurant itself was not fancy, but there were two tables of people, you know, other two tables,、um, and and they were having some kind of party or celebration. They were so loud and noisy. The food was good though, you know, and cheap. So that's the good thing about you know eating down south. Everything is so much cheaper than Taipei. Up north, anyway. Then after the dinner, we headed back to the B and B and had a good rest. Here's a song about getting away from the city. Well, actually, it means getting away. Tao Tuo. It's also by Shenyang.
不爱是谁在挑逗？发出致命电波，是谁在撩拨？多也无处躲，无法抗拒心魔，竟然不绝中。为了你，不惜打破心中千年诅咒。我不再闪躲，就像飞蛾扑火。我不顾后果，让。The next morning, the B and B's wife made an amazing breakfast. There were all kinds of flowers in the food, and she said she grew them herself and that they are totally edible. I've never eaten flowers, but you know, actually, these flowers—they smell nice, or some of them actually don't smell anything, but they taste differently. You know, with each one that you bite into, and she just just a talker. She was talking the whole time we were eating. She kept talking about and, you know, just telling her stories about people that have stayed at her place. And I guess I can understand why she's such a talker. They don't have any kids, you know. And how often do they get people staying at their place, especially with COVID? But anyway, so that was really nice and sweet. And the funny thing—no, not funny thing—the great thing was that really touching, so generous of them is that、um, we somehow got to the topic of something that they、um, make, and it's like this bottle. Of something、um, that's good for itch, you know, for itchy parts of your, I mean, itchy skin or something like that. So they actually gave me a whole bottle for free, you know, for free. It was just amazing, and I've kind of tried it. It's very got a very faint, faint smell. Probably they used all kinds of herbs, but、um, really interesting. And then after the breakfast, we headed for Pingdong and the early afternoon to visit, you know,、um, my daughter's in-laws' other son. Yeah, now he's down there by himself. He doesn't have any relatives, no family, family, you know, no family down there, and he's by himself. You know, he's just very independent. You know, so brave. Anyway,、um, it was really the reason we changed our travel plans to visit him. So and and you know decided to keep on going further down south.、Um, so when we got there after like a two-hour drive,、um, he we got to his apartment. It's、uh, this huge longish second-floor old apartment for very low rent. That's how it is with everything down south, and it's very spacious because he only just got a double-sized mattress on the floor, a computer desk, a small fridge, a closet, a bathroom, and that's it. You know, and so we stayed in his apartment and chatted with him for two hours, before we went with him to his workplace.、Uh, he works at this restaurant that sells,、um, uh, that serves spaghetti, risotto,、um, deep fried stuff, and seafood and steak and、um, and like a matsu saka pork. Yeah. So、um, he's been working there as a sous chef for one year now, and the boss is really nice to him. Taught him everything. And you know,、um, so the son,、uh, Li Chen, he's totally in charge of cooking the spaghetti, risotto dishes, and soups. I think, while his、uh, his boss was in charge of like deep fries, you know. And I watched、um, Li Chen from a distance through this opening, you know, where the food is sent through, and just watching him cook. He he looks so professional, very quick handed, and everything. And the five of us ordered so much food. We had spaghetti, two spaghettis. Risotto, fried foods, soup, and then this potato pancake, which is like my favorite, and their daughter's favorite too. So she actually ordered another one for takeout.、Um, we felt sad to go.、Um, you know, they don't. I mean,、uh, my daughter's in-laws, 
and their daughter don't get to see Li Chen, their you know their their, their other son, that often. And um, he doesn't get off work that much, you know, get time off work that much. So he doesn't travel to Taipei a lot. Um, but um, we're proud of him. You know, he's all, you know, making up for himself there in Pingdong. And it was just kind of sad to go. I couldn't, I, I couldn't imagine my in-laws, you know, feeling sad and everything. But actually, the good thing is that um, he did come up to, Nor- uh, to, to Taipei for the uh, Mid-Autumn Festival, which was just, you know, just uh, a while ago. And um, anyway, after the dinner, we said our goodbyes. We gave him a hug. We wish him well. And in fact, he was really, really glad that we went to visit him. So, you know, like the last moment, we changed our plans and just decided to visit him there. And so um, after dinner, we started driving to Taizong, that's in central Taiwan. And we checked into a hotel for the night. Now, the hotel was really quite something. The check-in place was weird. Um, we kind of par- parked in the basement, and then we had to go up onto the fourth floor. where it, was, it didn't look like a check-in place, but it was a check-in place. And it looked like more um, like a, you know, like a, a, um, a, a ticket, um, ticketing place for a movie theater. Yeah, there were all these movie reels, you know, movie posters as decorations on that floor. Really weird anyway. And then we were to take um, the elevator to all the rooms, and there are like tons and tons of rooms in this building. You know, it's amazing. I mean, the room was kind of nice and spacious, really, and we had a good sleep. Um, the window, outlooking the window, was actually like next street over, like really close. And there were like all these restaurants uh, and on the first floor. And it's funny because that building actually had the, um, it was like the office for um, migrant workers. So. They were noisy. And then there was this restaurant, like a Vietnamese restaurant maybe, uh, on the street below us. And we could hear just, you know, loud talking and laughter and, and I don't know, was, and music. Yeah. But it was all right. I was really too tired. I, I fell asleep. Um, then the next morning, we headed to our Taizong church, had service there before we ended our seven-day wonderful, wonderful trip and headed back to Taipei. Well, thank you so much for joining me on Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and here's one last song. It's really truth and dare, okay? And it's by Coco Lee. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. 
Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kilohertz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kilohertz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.